something from this church I can make disciples for Jesus. Hallelujah. On Wednesday, we were having, again, our Touchpoint on Facebook, and so join us for teaching and updates. Also at 10 o'clock, Judy and Glennis are gathering for prayer and followed by Bible study at 11. And so I take it that's still happening. <laughs> it started last week, so amen. Wednesday, 6 o'clock, we have youth group here. And there will be no Thursday Zoom Bible study this week, taking a couple of weeks away from that. So for giving our tithes and offerings, you can mail them to 10 Strike Community Church, P.O. Box 67, 10 Strike, Minnesota, or give online at 10strikechurch.com or use our offering receptacles in the back here. So let's thank the Lord for his financial blessings as we give, as we do what God asks us to do. Father, you see our giving, you watch over our attitude, our heart, our purposes. And if we sow abundantly, you said we will reap abundantly. And we thank you, Lord, that we can give the full measure of our tithes and offerings, trusting that you will provide. And I thank you, Lord, you're breaking off every financial hardship over your people as they just give in faith and trust and love. And you're taking these offerings and causing disciples to be made in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I just want to mention a few things about fathers today. And my dad went to heaven this past year. <clears throat> and so I've been, every once in a while, my mind goes back, pondering some things. And let me just read here one of the great scriptures I believe that God gives to us as fathers. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. One of our great commissions as fathers is to make disciples in our family. And what an opportunity. Every day we live before them. Every day we get to present proper attitudes. Every day, you know, we set before them uh, godly kingdom principles. And as I think back at my dad, he wasn't very strong in declaring, speaking about his faith, but he lived it. He lived it. And he was really a strong light in the world. Amen. One of the simple things was leading in prayer over the evening meal. We may think that's not that important, but it is. That's an important example, important step of thanking God and setting that before the children and the family. Also, if we look at this, 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 9. Now as 
to the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you are taught by God to love one another. And this is just something that is embedded in our hearts as believers. We, have a, we know that we pass from death to life because we love the brethren. And my dad's love for his neighbors and for the people of the church was in the area of service. If anyone had any need, he was there to help. And then we just read a couple more things that I saw in his life. Hard work to provide for his family. Six days a week, he was a logger. And quite often getting up and leaving at five in the morning and not getting back till six o'clock at night or later, especially in the winter. And just that consistent dedication. And that was an example to us. And in that there is a sacrifice in there, in that there is a giving. Faithfulness, a person of his word. If he made a commitment to somebody, he would follow through with it. Faithful to the local church. I just remember being in, in seated in the church every day, every week, every Sunday, unless we were snowed in with a 15-inch blizzard or something. But besides that, we would, every Sunday, we would be in the local church, fellowshipping there with fellow believers. We need to have, we need to make that a, a way of life again. As believers, we have opportunity to see things online. We have an opportunity to have great sermons. We have opportunity to, you know, be fed with a lot of resources. But God has ordained that in the local church there is fellowship, there's life, and that is part of our disciple-making process. Being face-to-face, -face, hearing from one another, letting somebody love us, letting somebody pray for us if we're going through hard times. He was faithful to the word of God. He said, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And this is something that he kept all the way through his life, a deep love for his wife, my mother. <laughs> he was faithful to the word of God and he was growing. I logged with him for many years and he would talk to me about business decisions that he was thinking of and praying about. And he grabbed a hold of some of my Kenneth Hagin cassettes and he was listening to them. He was growing. Amen. And so that's a pattern we set before the children is that we're growing in the Lord. 
And then also he was faithful in his finances, faithful to the local church, but also he, he and my mom would give to, all, to missions, all sorts of missions. He would find opportunity. And that is such a testimony to the world when we make those financial sacrifices. They're not really sacrifices because God causes things to come back to us. But yet, in the moment, they can feel like we're under a bit of strain. Amen. So let's just have a word of prayer today. Father, I thank you for what you've invested in fatherhood, what you've invested for my family, for our families, and the strength of serving you and what that projects and builds into our life by precept and by example. Thank you, Lord, that as we go forward, the future generations are bright because there's a standard that we live by. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So have Rob come, come up. He's going to share today. See, I messed up already. Uh, rain, we're so happy to have rain, or I am anyway, and I think the robins are happy to have the rain falling. It's a good thing. Some of you maybe didn't want it to rain today, but the Lord wanted to bless us. He wants to bless the earth, and he wants it to rain the spiritual drops on us. Hallelujah. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. And somebody tried to tell me it's the first day of summer. Ha! They must not have been here the first 10 days of June or so, when we were in the 90s. Well, if you're afraid that it's going to get hot, just keep in mind the days are getting shorter now. So in theory, it's going to start cooling off, right? Somehow that doesn't work. But Well, I titled today's message, Leaving a Legacy leaving a legacy, and certainly it has a flavor toward a Father's Day message, but I'm sure if all of you who are not fathers will just listen to the scriptures, you'll realize that it applies to you also. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the raindrops falling today, and I do pray that the spiritual raindrops will fall on us today, Lord, that we won't just hear with our ears, but that we will also receive with our spirits your words which you have for us and cause growth to come forth in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Mary and I happen to live uh, not by lakes or rivers or streams or anything, but for whatever reason, it's almost like we're in a little flyway. Loons fly by ducks fly by, geese, we hear geese going over, honking quite a bit. Uh, if the TV happens to be on, we just mute it right away so we can hear the geese fly over. It's always an enjoyable sound. And they're always honking at each other. I think they're encouraging each other or maybe keeping track of each other. 
Here I am, where are you? I'm over here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm right behind you. So as you hear me maybe sharing some scriptures today, if you think I'm honking at you, no, I'm just trying to encourage you in the Lord with his words, and I hope you'll take it as such. So we are all leaving, every one of us, we really are leaving a legacy. The question is, is it a good legacy? Is it a bad legacy? Is it a mediocre legacy? What kind of legacy are we leaving? There's a verse in Proverbs that tells us a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Well, I think leaving finances to your loved ones, to your children, or your children's children, or helping them throughout life as life goes on, I think that's fine, that's good. Leaving property, leaving things. Oh, here's all these things I have to leave behind. Well, I think that's good. I think leaving a strong work ethic is a super good thing to leave, like Dean was just sharing. But I think most important is the Christian legacy that we leave behind. And we're leaving that legacy not just to our children, but to everyone that's watching, really, our siblings, all of our loved ones, the body of Christ, members of Christ. They're all watching. We watch them. We might not be thinking, we, we might not think of it that way, but we are always leaving a legacy by the example that we set. So we want to be sure to set the right example in following the Lord. That will leave the best legacy. Let's look at Mark chapter 8, verse 36. I'm going to project that. It says, For what shall it profit a man if he gains everything? He gains the whole world, yet loses his own soul. What profit is there in that? Yet we go to work and we strive and we got to make that paycheck. And oh, if we can get in a bunch of overtime and make a bigger paycheck, then we can buy more things. Then we can get that, that newer boat with the nice motor or whatever it is. Again, that's, that's fine to a point. But more important is the Christian legacy that you're leaving behind because it doesn't profit you. It doesn't profit a man, it doesn't profit a woman, it doesn't profit a child if they gain everything, yet they neglect Christ, the Lord. Well, what are the benefits to leaving a Christian legacy? I'd like to just use a family that probably all of you know, whether you're watching online or certainly here in the church. Jerry and Joyce Pomp. Jerry and Joyce Pomp. They left a solid Christian heritage to their family, which continues to multiply. I need to say thank you to Chris. Thank you so much, Chris. I gave her a little assignment and she right away figured things out. I was interested in knowing what would the combined years of marriage be for Jerry and Joyce and their five children who are also married. Now, I think most of you would think, well, well it's got to be over 100 years, right? Yeah, it is. How many would think it's actually over 150 years? Maybe, maybe, 
What would you believe 200 years? Jerry and Joyce and their five kids, within just the passing of one more year, will have slightly exceeded 250 years of marriage. I think that's quite a legacy that was left behind by Jerry and Joyce. And of course, the common thread for all those marriages and the success in those marriages is the Lord. Now, I didn't include the grandchildren. I thought I was giving Chris enough of an assignment. But if you threw in all the grandchildren, many of them are married. Many of them have been married for many years. My goodness, it would be many more decades worth over and above the 250 years. Thank you, Lord. Everybody knows it's planting season, gardening season. That's why we're happy to get the rain finally because it's been so dry. We plant a variety of different seeds depending on what we expect to harvest. And it really is the same principle with families. We need to continually sow the seeds of God's word as Dean was sharing about. We need to just continually be doing that, sowing those good seeds of God's word into our loved ones, into our children, so that we can expect a yield, a spiritual harvest full of blessings and eternal life. I don't think anybody here plants lettuce seed and expects apples to grow. You don't plant cucumbers and think watermelons are going to grow. You don't even plant green beans and think you're going to get yellow beans. You know which seeds to plant based on what you want to harvest. And that same principle really is true in a family. We can't be planting wrong seeds. We can't be planting corrupt seeds. We need to be planting seeds all the time, seeds of righteousness into our children, into our church body, into our loved ones, into our neighbors. Plant good Christian seeds. Let's look at Galatians 6, verses 7 through 9. It says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit of the Spirit shall reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So you can see God is not mocked. We really do reap what we sow. And we just, we just need to stay at it, folks. We need to not give up. One of the things we were praying this morning with, with the prayer warriors who gather in the room over here, most of you don't even know that there are folks that gather and pray before the service. And that's why the service goes good. We're thankful for them. But we were praying that we need to, according to Revelation chapter 3, we need to strengthen, strengthen that which remains in us. 
And the verse says, and is about to die. We don't want, we don't want to go backwards in life. We want to move forward in our Christian life. Well, we all have those of us that have more than one kid. Isn't it interesting how different kids raised in the same family by the same parents have different strengths and different weaknesses? So how do we know which seed to plant in which kid to best move them in the direction of the Lord? Let's look at Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6. I think this is just a general verse that can be used so much to apply to so many things in life. It says, For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. It always comes back to the Word and to studying the Word. I'm going to ask you to do something I asked you to do when I shared a message a couple months ago. And then I'll explain why. Would you repeat after me, please? I will study the Word. I will stay in the Word. I will practice the Word. For whatever reason, the Lord wanted me to just have you do that again. And I thought to myself, I thought, well, obviously the operative words here are study, the word stay, and the word practice, the word study, stay, practice. Within one second, the Holy Spirit corrected me. And he said, not this time. He said, this time, the operative words are, I will study the word. I will stay in the word. I will practice the word. God wants us all to know we have a will. And we will do or we will not do. We need to make that choice every day in getting into his word. We must also grow in the fruits of the Spirit. My four-year-old grandson recently told me, he just very recently turned five, but when he was still four, we got talking. I'm not sure the exact conversation, but I believe the word patience came up. Maybe we were waiting for supper to get finished or whatever it was. And he told me, the four-year-old told me, Patience is one of the nine gifts of the Spirit, of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. And I said, really? So there's nine gifts? And he said, yes. And he told me right away what they were, and we're going to look at them. I'm pretty sure he learned it in the New American Standard Bible Version, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is, and this is what he told me, love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I think Grandma might have been listening in too. We both said, that's right. There are nine fruits of the Spirit. Hallelujah. All good things for us to strive to grow more of. Grow the fruits of the Spirit. And when I glanced at that, I thought, you know, you can kind of group them into groups of three. Love, joy, peace, I thought. If you have love and you have joy, I'm guessing you probably have peace. If you have kindness with goodness, 
I'm guessing you have faithfulness. I should have said patience, kindness, goodness. Thank you for bearing with me. If you have faithfulness and gentleness, my guess is you have self-control. Amen. We need to grow in all those things. What's the best way to tap into and to grow these fruits? Let's look at John 15, verse 5. Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me he can do nothing. So in order to produce fruit, we must be connected to Jesus, and we must stay connected to Jesus. Be connected and stay connected. You can, I want to emphasize the word generally here, underline it, put it in quotes. You can generally tell what seeds were sown in a Christian's life by what they are reaping. But there are exceptions to this. And I'll just mention one right off the bat. Think of Job in the Bible. A good, godly, upright man. And yet look at the period of time where he went through some severe trials in his life, some difficulties in his life never forsaking the Lord, and in fact, the Lord multiplied to him double what he had in his earlier life. But the point is, don't every one of us go through difficult times in our lives? I think we all do, we all have, some of us. I'm sure if we were honest, might be going through difficult times right now. So let's not be judgmental towards someone that might temporarily be going through some difficult times in their life. Don't be thinking in your mind, oh, they're reaping what they sowed. Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe they're a strong oak tree growing in the midst of a storm. Also, you can generally tell how a Christian's life is going by the fruits that they produce. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. It says, for where your heart is, where is your heart? Where is your heart? For where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. So here's a couple of questions for you. Do you treasure your spouse? Do you treasure your children? Do you treasure your loved ones? Do you treasure the people you see around you here today? Have you told them so recently? And are you convinced that they're convinced that you really do treasure them? If not, I think we have some more work to do, don't we? Okay, now, even though I know it's, it's all taken care of, I just want to reconfirm what we're about to show an image will not be shown online, correct? All right, okay. We, the church, uh, secured privileges to show this picture online. You can go ahead and put it up, uh, provided it not appear, or we could show it only to the live audience here, but it could not be posted online. So don't take pictures of it with your cell phone. It is a copyrighted photo, Norman Rockwell photo. And I want to thank Curtis Publishing, an individual there by the name of Chris worked with me 
uh, email them back and forth to give us permission to show this here briefly this morning. For those watching online, I'll just describe the picture. It's obviously in a household. It's obviously taking place on a Sunday morning, right before church. And the reason you can tell it's right before church is because the mother and her three children are all dressed in their Sunday best. They're all carrying Bibles. And they're walking toward the door, getting ready to go to church. Where is the dad, the husband? Well, he's slouched down in his chair, still in his pajamas, kind of looking a little bit ashamed because he knows he should be going to church. Reading the newspaper, the all-important newspaper, the news of the day, like that takes precedence over going to church with your family. What's the little son doing? Glancing toward his dad, isn't he? What kind of example do you think this husband, this father is setting for his family? Do you think our children observe our actions? Do you think that they see the seeds we sow and the fruits that we produce in life? It's cute when they're little babies and they're little toddlers, they mimic us. Oh, we think that's so cute. And it is. But the question is, as they become older and become adults, do we still want them to mimic what we are currently doing as adults? And if not, now's a good time to just correct that path we're on in life, tweak it a little bit, get back on course, start setting a daily good example our family. Okay, thank you. Can, you can take the image off the screen. And let's put up Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I was thinking as I read this, Really, in order to train up a child in the way they should go, we need to first train ourselves. Let's be honest. We need to train ourselves in the way we should go. Because, again, we're always setting an example whether we think we are or not. We can't just tell them to do what we're not doing. We need to behave God so that our kids see that godly example of us wanting to serve the Lord. And then as they become older, as we train up our children in the way they should go, then they will want to continue to mimic us when they become older also. And that's what we want. Look at Mark chapter 8, verse 36 again. Ask that question once more. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world, yet lose his own soul? So my question, I guess, today would be, what is your legacy? What is it? What is our legacy that we are leaving behind? You know, we will not, not, not be taking to heaven with us things, property, silver, gold, jewelry, whatever it is you treasure, value in life. We're not taking those things with us. 
But our chances of taking our loved ones with us is good when we provide a steady, godly example of Christian living, just like Jerry and Joyce did. Look at what they're bringing with them. And look at the grandkids and what the grandkids will bring with them as they get older and older too. The blessing that continues as we decide to follow Jesus. Here's something to ponder. I'm actually going to give you a handful of seconds to think about this. Because I think it's important. I think Jesus is always our best example. Question. What things did Jesus leave behind to his loved ones? What things did Jesus leave behind to his loved ones? I don't know. Perhaps not too much in the way of things. Does anybody know what things, material things, were left behind? Oh, but what did he take with him? What did Jesus take with him? I think that story continues to grow more and more as people choose him and decide to follow him into heaven. So let's try to be more like Jesus, always setting that good, godly example, being Christ-like. I'd like to put up Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. I'd like the audience to stand, please. I believe this is a good tradition, maybe. We should do this every Father's Day. I'm not saying here at church, but it's a good tradition. I'm not sure how many people even say the Lord's Prayer that much anymore. Maybe some of you don't really quite know it. Well, good time to freshen it up in your memory again. But I just thought, what better thing to do on Father's Day but to say the Lord's Prayer to our Heavenly Father. So pray with me, will you please? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Father, we thank you that you have given us good godly seeds, good fruits, seeds we can plant in our life, fruits we can grow in our life. And thereby set good examples in our lives to our children and to others, to our spouses, to all our loved ones. I pray your blessing upon people as we go forth today. Thank you again for the drops of rain and for the spiritual drops of rain in our lives. Let them take root, take hold in our lives. Help correct any paths we may have been on that are in error. And lead us, Lord, by your grace into your eternal kingdom, I pray. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen.
As Dean mentioned, there is fellowship time now over in the fellowship hall. Certainly good to see you and get to fellowship a little bit more over there. I see a couple of visitors today hiding in back. I want to say hi to them. And if anyone here would like prayer, for whatever reason, God's people are willing to meet with you, pray with you. If you'd like to come up and just be by yourself and pray, but seek the Lord, not just today, every day, be in his word, seek the Lord, grow, grow in him. Thank you everyone for coming. For those watching online, thank you. Appreciate it. That's it.